Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 526. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 880 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2021, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting more than 20 U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $9 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. Our next sponsor, thanks, goes to Rooted Farmers. Rooted Farmers works exclusively with local growers to put the highest quality specialty cut flowers in floral customers' hands. When you partner with Rooted Farmers, you are investing in your community and you can expect a commitment to excellence in return. Learn more at rootedfarmers.com. I have a great interview to share with you today, and it includes a virtual visit to Bitterroot Flower Shop in Missoula, Montana, where I caught up with owner Lindsay Irwin. I first met Lindsay through fellow Slow Flowers members Carly Jenkins and Jamie Rogers of Killing Frost Farm. They consider Bitterroot Flower Shop one of the top customers for their fresh, seasonal, and local Montana-grown flowers. Over the years, on a few different visits to Montana, I've come to know Lindsay. She is active in the Montana Florist Association, having served as president in the recent past. A few years ago, I was invited to speak at the MFA Annual Conference, and we were hosted at Lindsay's shop, Bitterroot, a sizable retail and production space located at a strategic intersection in downtown Missoula. I was so impressed by the many conversations I had with florists across the state, including Lindsay, who are pursuing new sourcing models with local flower farmers there. Last summer, Killing Frost Farm reached out and asked if they could purchase a gift membership in the Slow Flower Society for Lindsay as a thank you for her support of their farm and their flowers. I was so touched by that creative way a flower farm connected on a deeper level with a key customer, and it's a great client gift idea for other flower farmers to consider. That gesture brought Lindsay and me together, too. When I was in Missoula earlier this month to speak at the Montana Cut Flower Workshop, she and I recorded this audio conversation, which you'll hear today. We also recently jumped on a virtual design demo, and you'll see the video of Lindsay designing in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com for episode 526. The flowers she used are all Montana-grown, along with beautiful fruiting raspberry branches from Killing Frost Farm and some California eucalyptus. Okay, let's jump right in and meet Lindsay Irwin of Bitterroot Flower Shop in Missoula, Montana. I'll have links to all her social places in today's show notes. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am so excited today to introduce you to Lindsay Irwin of 
Bitterroot Flower Shop in Missoula, Montana. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for saying yes when I ask you. Yeah. We're uh, both here at the Montana Cut Flower Conference, and we snuck out during a break so we could record this. Lindsay, I got to visit your shop a couple years ago. You were the president of the Montana Florist Association? I was, yeah. Now I'm past president, but yeah. Oh, well, that's a better title. Probably less time, right? (laughs) That is amazing. And so it was the annual meeting was held in in Missoula, but some of it was at your shop. Yeah. That was neat. It was. It is. It's good. It's, we're, um, one of the states that still has a, um, active. Yeah. Active, like, um, flower association. So it's good. I was, I, some of your members are here also uh, mm-hmm. at the conference and I, she was reminding me that she attended that event at your shop that I spoke at and um, I just commented that I don't even know if there's a Washington State Florist Association. I should check. But yeah, I know yeah. there was, but I don't know. So many of them have kind of gone by the wayside, um, which is sad, but I mean, there's new and different things coming up and around. So, Well, I was yeah. trying to, I mean, it really was eye-opening to me and I, I don't know, like, if you could just, since let's just start with this and then we'll go on to Bitterroot, but uh, is it because of the geography of Montana that people are so isolated or in small towns that are distant from the next small town that florists are really important, like brick and mortar florists? Yeah, definitely. I think so. There's, um, yeah, we are our own entity. I mean, it's hard to get flowers to Montana in general over the course of the year that, um, I mean, it's easier in the summer, I guess, as we're having more local flowers available. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, transportation is a huge ordeal. And so it's not uncommon for people to, like, pick up their order at my shop as they drive two hours back to their shop. Or, you know, we have – it's kind of a pretty good – relationship between florists mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so like a sub- um, uh, multiple or a mutually beneficial supportive right thing yeah yeah I'm thankful I mean I know it's not all like that but overall from what I've heard of other places you know some I've talked to some people in California and it's I think California has like three florist associations and it's kind of cutthroat mm. where um There's you more belong to this mm-hmm. and belong to that but you can't communicate with those people or you mm. know and Montana, I think we're all just uh, trying to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. That's neat. I don't know. I like it. I'm thankful. Oh, well, that. and in that particular conference, you, you did have a focus on local, and I thought that was pretty progressive, too. Like, you, you saw as the in, in the leadership, this yeah. is an, a new shift that's happening in conventional floristry or, or brick-and-mortar floristry. It's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely a new shift, and mm-hmm. I feel like for so long um florists especially in montana have um and i've worked at a few i've worked in helena at a uh, flower shop there and um yeah been in touch with different florists all over but um in montana especially it's kind of we just cancel out the idea of um local flowers being available because it's we have a short growing season and um, it's harsh, you know, it gets really hot Stream, in the summer yeah. and really cold in the winter. And, um, I think florists have kind of come to the realization that we won't really have a lot of local flowers available to us, or it's just a limited supply. And, 
Yeah, so and so will bring a few dahlias at the end of July, um, but not consistent. But not consistent, yeah. and um, so uh, yeah, it's been really nice to realize that hey, this is, and it's been fun to help other florists realize that this is actually a possibility. Mm. You know, um, mm-hmm. as it's growing, and mm-hmm. I mean, we're no Seattle. Floral yeah. market or something so, where you go to the corner right. and like, oh, there's another <laughs> market selling flowers. Oh, my gosh. Well, but. it sounds like you at least saw the potential, knowing what had happened with your business, to bring it to the whole association and say, yeah. let's talk about how to how to source locally and who are these people who are growing and yeah. who are these farmers. So. It would be, it's so... Um, mutually beneficial Mm -hmm. you know there's no reason in the world i mean it is hard to get flowers to montana Mm -hmm. and um so i guess yeah yeah it's kind of an obvious step in that direction of like we can do this and um, i guess letting other florists know that it's possible is good yeah uh is it true that there's no kind of mainstream wholesaler in the state in the whole state that is true that's crazy that is true we go from um well the wholesaler that comes to us is from spokane there are two options and then um i'm sure people on the other side of the state maybe they have somebody over there but i think the other big flower shop goes straight from california Mm -hmm. because you're in western montana Mm -hmm. so even from Spokane, the wholesaler has to deliver through Idaho to get to what it's like a fifteen-hour drive or something like that, right? Well, no, it's not quite that far. <laughs> like, that's how far it would be for me from Seattle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But I'm a day. Like, I think it's like four hours, oh. but still, it's, it's a commitment. Deborah does not know her geography. Okay, well, let's talk about Bitterroot Flower Shop. I, Bitterroot is a great botanical name, and it has a lot of connections to the state. Of Montana is it's a native mm-hmm. plant, right? It is. Yeah, Oops. the bitterroot flower. Mm. Um, so kind of fitting. Yeah, it is. We didn't come up with the name. It's um, so the flower shop is. Um, it's been. It started off as a Whole Foods market, like a whole, uh, not Whole Foods, like a natural, that, gro- natural yeah. grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a natural grocery store, like a market. Like yeah. you'd come and get your horses' grain and your bulk. Oats and you know, um, oh, like more so agricultural than agricultural, grocery, okay. but then also grocery. Oh, okay. So, um, I think of like the movie River Runs Through It, and <laughs> I'm thinking, like, you know, because that takes place in Lolo, which is right outside of Missoula, and so our um flower shop is like that weird market where you go and you get your random thing. Anything you thing. need. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we have this picture, um, and I'll forward it to you if you want, but it's yeah. on, um, it's like a picture of Thanksgiving, and it has all the turkeys, like, hanging all feathered on. <laughs> and hanging on, hanging upside down outside the shop, waiting for people to come and pick up their turkey. Anyway, it's pretty cool. That's the, that's the building and, you're in now. Yeah, that's the building. We've uh, evolved since then, though. But, well, okay. Yeah, so, so it's in this building that is, like, uh, to me, it's sort of almost, I thought it was almost a gas station, because it has this, like, L-shaped vibe where there's a little bit of a corner presence in in downtown Missoula, right? Yeah, so um, the building has been there since 19, the original building has been there since 1936, and then, um, so that's when it was, like, bulk food, and then it evolved and started selling flowers um, in 1942, 
And then um, sometime, I don't know when it became only flowers. Mm. I mean, it's never been only flowers. Mm. We have gifts and plants, mm -hmm. uh, like houseplants and things. But um, I'm trying to think. Anyway, so it was a gas station for a while. So this all is And it uses, just keeps getting, yeah. like, added. The building is, like, such a bizarre layout because it keeps getting added onto in random yeah. random ways. But When did it come into your hands? So we, my parents, my mom and I actually are the ones who run the business. And she is partially retired. She would never admit that, but mm -hmm. she is there a lot less than mm -hmm. she used to be. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, we've owned it for, I think we're going on our 13th year. Wow. Now. So when you, so, you and your mom bought the mm -hmm. business, there was a flower shop in, in the space. There was, I worked at the flower shop huh. before we bought the flower shop. Um, so I worked there for three years and then I moved to Helena, Montana, worked at another flower shop. And then the previous owners of Bitterroot said, Oh, we're selling the shop. Are you interested? You know, I was friends with them and. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a dream. There's no way. And then, um, yeah, we were able to do it. And wow. It's, yeah. That's amazing. The ups and downs and sure. working with your family is always right. awesome. Right. <laughs> Air quotes. <laughs> yeah. That's so amazing. Good. But there yeah. is this sort of this tradition in, in town of this bitterroot flowers. So you bought a brand. Yeah. And... When you came in, even though you had previously worked there, you probably had a lot of things that you wanted to do your way and yeah. improvements and modernization. I mean, what what have you kind of developed the business into? What are you guys known for? So I've, that's such a good question. I um, have, it has evolved a lot for sure. And I have been asked if, oh, would you recommend buying a existing business if you were going to do that? Or would you recommend starting your own business. And I think um, both have benefits. It's really hard to change something that has already been in existence for so long and has its own trajectory. Mm. So to... Um, people's expectations of People's you expectations being, yeah. or... Like we had to... Um, part of it is just re-educating our customer base, you know, or figuring out who our, the, the existing customer base was and... Um, I'm really thankful because our customers are incredible and we have a lot of them. I mean, there's the Bitterroot Flower Shop customer. We have given them flowers when they were born, you know, to their parents. And then they, we've given, we've done all their corsages for their dances. And then we do their wedding flowers. And then as people pass on in their lives or anniversaries, you know, it's funerals and things like this. So it's, um... You're a constant. It's a long-term, it's a long-term relationship. Wow, yeah. Um, and I love that. And I think it's easy, easier in our community because it's, um, I think Missoula has a population of like 80,000 people or something. Okay. So it's not huge, uh, but it's also not tiny. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you kind um, of, you kind of have this, um, almost like the hometown like general practitioner, a doctor, yeah. like you see the family through all their phases. Yeah. It's, I really, um, and we're able to be involved in things that are important to our customers, you know? So we are a big supporter of the community theater and mm -hmm. we, the, um, humane society mm -hmm. and different, um, and then closer to 
home, like some of the different art projects that go on in town and stuff, we are able to support those. And we um, recently, since COVID, um, well, we always kind of had a consignment business, but um, we've really stopped buying anything except for like locally made stuff, which is pretty cool. Wow. I mean, for your gift, your gift, for our gift lines. Yeah. So we have some pottery and jewelry and Oh my gosh, leather stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And it, it fits your brand too, to have Montana grown, Montana yeah. made, Montana artisans. Yeah, so it's good. Oh, it's I hard it. to um and I can't say everything is, you know, we definitely order stuff from all over, but yeah. Um but I is, like the ev- evolution that's yeah. happening. Yeah. So so are you, would you fall into the full service flower shop mode? Like you mentioned all the life mm-hmm. celebrations, but yeah. So um, we are full service flower shop. We are bread and butter is daily arrangements. That's what keeps us going is the happy birthdays and the, I'm so sorry, your cat yeah. had to have surgery right. or whatever. <laughs> things you can't even imagine, yeah, right? Things you can't even imagine. Um, but that is what, um, keeps us going. Wow. I mean, we do weddings mm-hmm. and we do funerals. We do all, all of it, but the daily arrangements are what um, mm-hmm. keeps us going. We also expanded, expanded our um, indoor plant business. So we have huge plant room going, um, but we only do indoor plants really. Mm-hmm. But it seems so. like that really blew up for a lot of people with COVID, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Um, I think, yeah, people want living things around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I used to never. Secret. I shouldn't tell you this. <laughs> I used to never have plants because I was like, I can't handle the responsibility. Exactly. I have kids and I have chickens and dogs, and I just can't even handle a plant. And uh, yeah, since COVID, I now have like six plants in my house. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> they make I, me happy though. Yeah, and it is a different skill set than floral design. So yeah, true. You know. True. But you have, um, you had something triggered your um, awareness of this demand for plants that, that allowed you to expand that department last year, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's kind of been an evolution. The plant department has, um, even when we bought the business, we were like, this needs to be bigger. Hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. a need for it. There's a niche there where people enjoy having plants around and the type of people that live in Missoula, Montana, enjoy live things yeah. and plants, you know? So so I think from the beginning we saw that as a potential. Um, yeah. Well, you sort of see that typical plant that gets sent as a, a gift, like mm-hmm. an orchid or, you know, some kind of blooming, like African violet or whatever. But you've, you've gone more than beyond the gift plant to a home decor. Yeah. Definitely. And then you have the pots that they go in. And yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty cool. We are, um, we're a huge flower shop. We are, like, um, I was trying to think of how big. Yeah, how, what, how do you measure it? Yeah, the space. <laughs> I know it's over 10,000 um, feet, square feet. So it's like a big area, you know. Um, and I would say half of it maybe is retail floor. And then half is, like, design Sort yeah. of warehouse feeling. We have three um, back of the house coolers to hold fresh product, and then one um, big cooler that you can like walk in and people can choose their own 
yeah. cut stems and things. When I was there, um, I remember wandering. Well, first of all, you, you kind of, we had a meal. So you had people sitting yeah. in the, maybe one of the production yeah. bays or whatever. But it's almost like the industrial warehouse that you can roll up the doors and blow the trucks in the back, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. For your deliveries. I know. Wow. Uh, we have, um, I just, so I have an average of about 17 employees. And, um, I can't even wrap my head around that. I think, I know, that's the hardest, no, yeah. maybe not the hardest yeah. part, but it's definitely, it's uh, people. People management is challenging. Yeah, yeah, it is. And to try to be compassionate, um, leader. Yeah. Uh, but also realize that it's a business that has to, you know, other people are relying on jobs. You know, it's definitely difficult. But anyway, um, so I think about we have four flower designers. Um, I was going to ask you about that. So yeah. Like there's a, probably a, people who are working more part-time jobs, but the, the mm-hmm. core group are the designers probably. Well, we've got... Um, I have a core group of like customer service people, mm. like a manager and stuff. And then I have, um, yeah, so we have customer service, we have the plant department, we have delivery department, and then designers. Um, and then my mom and I are just wandering around. Just kidding. <laughs> do you <laughs> do a lot of the design yourself, though, Lindsay? I do design. I love to be able to design. Yeah. I feel that I am sad when I realize that I haven't had my hands on things like physically designing um because you've just been too busy doing all these other yeah doing other things and I think that I'm not as good of a boss or a leader when I'm not actually when I haven't had the chance to design um so I try to make myself design at least a couple days a week Mm. which is good Mm -hmm. um that's great good for me anyway yeah I think when and you're are you open seven days a week we are open six days okay. a week. Because people yeah. come in to buy a, um, a, a birthday gift or a card. that You have products other than flowers, so you, you're serving a bigger customer base than yeah. just a flower customer. Yeah, true. And I, um, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on there all Jeez. the time. <laughs> we, I was thinking of getting shirts made that say, keeping you on your toes, like Bitterroot Flower Shop, never a dull day since 1942. <laughs> or like... Um, You're keeping you on your toes because <laughs> every single day there's like some other thing, some little um, surprise. Yeah, wow, but, that's amazing. Um, Did you, um, when you bought the business um, 13 years ago, what what were your buying flower buying or flower sourcing practices, and how have they changed? You know, more recently, probably. Yeah. So um, when we bought the business um, in the world you know, of flowers, we purchased, the previous owner purchased all from like flower brokers. Mm -hmm. So just calling and saying, I need this many of this, this many of this, this many of this, and I need them all to be shipped to me. Or, um, at the time he had a truck actually that went from Miami to, Missoula, and he it stopped at like a couple different places. Sure, and, and there were probably um, some standing orders, like the same stuff every week. Every right? week, okay. standing orders, yeah. Um, and then for different events and things, he could adjust a little bit, you know. But of course, there would be the roses and the um, baby's breath and like all of the standards. <clears throat> so he would, um, and then occasionally 
we would FedEx things in. And uh, so there was a truck coming from Miami and a truck coming from California mm-hmm. every week. And then, um, so that's what that's how it started. That's you what know? you inherited. That's basically. what we inherited, yeah. right. And then it was kind of like, well, we don't really want all of these things. Is it really worth us to keep this truck going? Um, and... Then we investigated the airlines, so we started, um, we're a big enough shop that we can fly stuff in, you know, so we get boxes flown in once or twice a week um, from Miami or California or everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of, that was an, <clears throat> excuse me, an evolution right there with, um, so we went from trucking to the airlines but still coming from everywhere. Um, and always, um, including California yeah. and Washington yeah. and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so some was, domestic stuff. Yeah, some domestic stuff for sure. But, um, and I guess I, my, um, I remember seeing, I guess my starting when we bought the business, I um, thought, to myself, like, wow, we need to see if we can get this more, like, you know, let's look into eco roses, mm-hmm. more sustainably grown mm-hmm. stuff. And because mm-hmm. you hear about, I remember I was an anthropology person in college and um, I would hear about like the carnation fields, you know, mm-hmm. and like just terrible, yeah. terrible things. And it's like, I don't really want to be part of that. Right. But I do think there's a place for flowers in people's world. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's a good thing, but where is the middle ground where it's not devastating, it's beautiful? Or, you know, like, how can this be such opposites? And yet this information is sometimes so hard to come by to really know Yeah, growing practices internationally or... That's what we found, too. Mm-hmm. So our first Valentine's Day, we... Um, put all of this effort into finding sustainably grown flowers. And um, I was so excited, you know, like, oh my gosh, we found these eco roses and they're being shipped to us with like very, as I don't know, the minimal packaging, packaging yeah. yeah, minimal packaging. And, you know, no one has been sprayed with chemicals in the process of having them be grown. And pe- anyway, um, so I was really excited. We paid extra money for them. We put them out, um, and I think my dad even, so my dad is also an owner. He's retired now, but um, went uh, was interviewed by the newspaper, local newspaper, you know, about our roses, and we were just all about it. And I think um, we sold probably like six dozen, oh which gosh. is nothing. No. Nothing. We... Um, you're like, what What happened? We sell hundreds of dozens of roses on Valentine's Day. And so we put all of this effort towards this eco product that we were so excited about. And, like, you know, we put minimal effort into educating people about them. Mm. Um, and they You just were, figured people would make the leap. Right, right. right. We, they were more expensive. Um, and the colors weren't as pretty. So we could have done, you know, the colors... Like, I remember there being, like, a green rose that Mm -hmm. I was like, this is so awesome, you know, and it's Valentine's Day. Like, the general population doesn't want a green rose, a lime green rose, you know, no matter how it was grown. Like, 
Come you on. were. It sounds like you were a little bit ahead of your. I ahead was. Of the I needed to take a step back mm-hmm. and like figure out how to make it successful. You mm-hmm. know, like move forward in a direction that we wanted to go, but also mm. like bring your customers making, along. Yeah, exactly. Like putting a certain amount um, of effort toward educating. Yeah, our customers. Yeah. It's and, so true. Um, you just, you think that you're jazzed about something and you've done, you know, you've educated yourself and yeah. then it, like crickets, like yeah. that must have been so frustrating. It was so frustrating. So we ha- we actually ended up throwing away a lot of ego roasts, oh. <laughs> like at the end of the day. Oh. And it was like, why? Hey, that didn't work. But, um, I mean, but I felt good about it, mm-hmm. you know, and so it was like, okay, let's take this and figure out what we can do. Um, yeah. So since then we still buy, you know, every chance I get, I try to get the eco roses and now is it like a rainforest alliance or one of those? Yeah. One of those sustainability. um, Yeah. Sustainability. I can't remember exactly. There's a couple different designations. Yeah, exactly. But it was the one that doesn't, um, that's chemical free or yeah. Chemical free. Mm -hmm. And, um, good packaging and things like this. Mm. So, so anyway, um, I still try to do that, but, um, and it's been a long time since then. So I feel like it's a lot easier now and the prices aren't crazy different anymore. And there's so many other options, but at that time, yeah, it's (laughs) kind of funny thinking about it. Like, Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, when did it become like a standard practice to have like, a number of farms locally that you purchase from because that seems to be the case now right yeah it is so now we um I feel like since the beginning we would be approached by local farmers but usually it was um somebody who just had extra lilies in their yard and they were like oh we need to sell these a flower shop would love these you know and they would bring them in and it would be like well these are really beautiful but like they were already open or something lilies like I can't do anything with that Uh, you know like I wish you well yeah yeah um or sometimes we would buy them and have them on our counter and say look how beautiful you know um so that has kind of evolved and then one situation we had was we there was a farmer in town who had a bunch of beautiful stuff and we kind of started this relationship where okay bring us your things, you know, it was kind of a tentative situation as we're figuring out what we need and what they have and vase life and, um, you know, I guess are getting, starting the relationship between us. And they had bugs all over them, The some of the plants did, and so our whole plant room had to be shut down. And oh, my goodness. It was a whole deal. So it's been a long um it's been a long road, yeah. But ultimately, right now we are in such a good place. It makes me it makes me feel happy to think about it. Yeah, like you really had to. You have to be as to, the owner, be intentional and say this might cost more. This might be a bigger hassle, but we're going to do it. Yeah, and I think in the long run, I can see in the long run it is actually totally beneficial for us for our local farmers for the environment and I mean like really all the way along it's totally Mm -hmm. a beneficial thing um 
But it did take a while to get mm-hmm. there, you know. Yeah. There was like a desire, trying. a desire that yeah. had to happen. But um, yeah, right now we buy um, during the summer. We buy, I would say, ninety percent of our flowers locally. Wow, which is pretty good. That's amazing. Um, so, what is that season? Is because I know obviously yeah. uh, weddings are generally for four months of the summer, but is mm-hmm. the growing season a little bit longer? It is. I think this year we started in May, um, and I talked to Jamie from Killing Frost on before Mother's Day, and I was like, okay, I, are you ready to do this? Because I can do it. I, I will commit to purchasing a lot of stuff from you if you feel like you have enough stuff for me to purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, and we had some kind of harder conversations Mm -hmm. as we're trying to figure each other out and like how numbers of things and um what I needed and what he needed and stuff but um yeah it's so awesome so then he was like yeah let's do it let's do this and we even started getting plants from him also like some succulents and things so um yeah so is do you you buy from Killing Frost, but they represent mm-hmm. a number of farms. Is right. that oh, is that kind of how it works? Yeah, and I don't know his um, all the details of Killing Frost and how they have it all set up, but I know that they don't grow everything. They get it. They source from other yeah farms. And we had we had Jamie Rogers on the podcast last summer. So yeah. when right. I air this, I'll put a link to my interview with him so people can kind of go back and hear that because he does describe. Selling to Flores, and you're yeah. def- you're definitely part of that interview, talking about how you're one of their biggest customers, and they really love the relationship. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. I feel the same way. I am. Yeah. In fact, I just talked to him on the way here. I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, <laughs> what do you have for me today? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's one source. Do you have other specific, like people growing just peonies or just dahlias who you There's also a buy few. from? I think. Um, Jamie is my main guy because he has so much, he has such a far out reach, yeah, you know, yeah. so I can say, listen, I need a lot more yellow yeah, this week yeah. because we have a, an event or something, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay, let me look through all of mm-hmm. our availability and see what I can find. So it's a real custom, <clears throat> customized yeah. week by week. Yeah. It, um, but not too much, you know, um, so there's a few, a few other people that will Come by and, um, you know, somebody dropped off some branches from their smoke bush the other day. Uh, and I loved it. You know, yeah. it's beautiful and it works out. And we're big enough that we can do that. I think... Um, That's true because you're always... You've got flowers going out the door constantly. every day of the week. Yep, constantly. So a lot of times we'll get flowers on Monday and then by Thursday we're out of all colored things. You know, we're stuck with like blush and white, which if we have weddings that weekend, it works out. But, um, so do you sometimes get deliveries twice a week? Then? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yep. So you said you sort of start in May. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Sorry. Was I that, got off track. Did you have it? No, that's okay. <laughs> did you have it? Anything local so, for Mother's Day? We had some plants and I think, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember what there was. There was a few things. Yeah. It was a Maybe lot of bolts. a few things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we were able to do that and it's really, um, so anyway, May through, and I'm hoping we get to October. Oh, good. That's amazing. October might be a push, but we'll see. Um, so, yeah. and But 90%, that's such a change from those eco-roses that didn't sell. I know. Years ago. <laughs> Sorry. That's yeah. so cool. Do you have, um, 
are, like, are your customers aware that this change is taking place? And do you have a way of educating them? I don't know. I think I could do that better. I, Jamie says that too. He's like, you don't even, people don't even know how much local stuff you buy. And I just kind of, I don't know. It works Maybe. for me yeah. and I could probably tell people that more, but I don't know. Well, um, I could see where it would they be love, they love what you're, they're getting from you. So they, yeah. they know it's beautiful. Maybe they just don't connect the dots, but yeah. you're, you're telling them about the artists that you, who's, you know, jewelry you're carrying and that that's a Montana artist. So, yeah. you know, you'll get there. I'm kind of like a vehicle. I, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a big change. It is a big change. Yeah. And COVID, I mean, this year is different than three years ago. I think, um, during COVID, so we <clears throat> we had to shut down for six weeks or seven weeks or so. We threw like well over ten thousand dollars of flowers out. Oh. Like it was just like we were just like hemorrhaging. Oh yeah, but I, we're not the only one. I mean, everybody's in yeah. that same situation. And so um, you you were close to retail customers, but were you being were you allowed to make deliveries? We weren't. Okay. We I know that there were some florists that. <clears throat> still continued on but I thought that we are not an emergency service and we need to you know with all of our employees um yeah it was too much to have people too many in the shop at the same time too too many moving pieces yeah Yeah. so we just shut down and um yeah kind of reassessed the whole situation and then when we reopened um you know during the time that we were I was at home at my mom and dad's house actually we just like had a little staycation with my whole family and we you were huddled your own, together. Your own little uh, island <laughs> um, quarantine group. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was wild. So my kids and my mom and myself, we went down one day and we just like put all the buckets of flowers out in the driveway of our um, flower shop in the parking lot and people started coming and taking flowers and, um, then there were all these posts about free flowers from the flower shop. You know, when right, this is right when we closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was amazing. I mean, at one time I was, like, crying. You know, it's, mm-hmm. like, just, yeah. it was so emotional. And, and all flowers. of the generations of my family mm-hmm. handing flowers out to people. And we're all kind of, like, what's going on? This is so weird. You know, it was just so wild. I'll never forget that um, that moment. Right. So then we closed down and um, sort of reassessed. And then I talked to Jamie from Killing Frost uh, before, you know, and I was like, hey, we're going to reopen and I don't have anything to sell. Like, do you have anything for me to sell? You know, (laughs) and this is right before Mother's Day. And we were like, we have got to be open before Mother's Day. Right. Because Mother's Day is our, yeah, that was our big, I mean, we try to have a big enough Mother's Day to carry us through the summer because we do weddings but it's not right that's not your primary business not our primary business so um so he was like yeah let's do let's do this you know and so that mother's day we had only what they could sell us basically i think we had some gerbera daisies from california Mm -hmm. but besides that it was only um local farms wow and our plants were all local too i mean it was it was really wild and it um, was super uncomfortable because I had no idea how it would all go. Yeah. 
At that and point, I felt like, like there was a lot of people relying <laughs> on us, you uh-huh. know, and I'm like, well, let's just do this thing. Yeah. And that is one of the great, um, for me, successes of COVID, you know, which I feels weird saying that, but it forced us to, um, to make this like big change and, um, and it was uncomfortable and we did it anyway. And it like really turned out for positive, you know, a positive direction. Yeah. Like, Hey, this can actually happen. Wow. We can do this. Um, well, and and it was like this perfect storm of limited availability. Yeah. Spike in demand. Mm -hmm. You showed up and opened your doors. People were happy. Yeah. They weren't questioning specific colors or varieties. They mm-hmm. were just happy to have flowers. Totally. Yeah. Has some of that carried on into yeah, this year? I will not let it change. Good. Good. <laughs> I'm holding on to it. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So even our weddings now, we are, you know, instead of, I feel like our weddings at one time were, I need yellow roses, I need yellow spray roses, I need... Um, seeded eucalyptus, like all of these really specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, we were before COVID, we were evolving into this, like, I need a color palette, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, you have three choices of a look, you know, yeah. you can go with this look, this look, or this look. Um, so we were kind of, we were already getting there, but then after COVID it's now, it's kind of like, I want a blush and white wedding and dahlias are my favorite flower. So please, if we could include those, that would be great. Um, and I, I'm holding on to that. I will not, you know, yeah. there's been a few weddings this year that have been really specific and it's like, oh, no. This is why no. we didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> we worked so hard to get here. So you're kind of, but, you're still in the role of guiding the customer. And, yeah. And if, if they realize, oh, this is how Bitterroot does business. Yeah. If they don't like it, they can go find someone else, and you don't get stuck with that client who's going to nitpick over every yeah, flower or, choice. I, I mean, yeah, or we can just take... I mean, I feel like right now we're taking a lot of time educating people mm-hmm. into this is this is what we can offer you if you do it this way mm-hmm. versus I can't guarantee, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this this way. I mean, there's a lot... Sure. That I think if people were aware, you know, the customer, the clients, if they yeah. were aware of um, what they would get versus, I don't know, you know, you can tell the when potential. A flower, if the they potential, just let right? you do your thing, just like let it go. <laughs> yeah, you can tell when a flower is like happy to be there, you know, and you can tell when a flower has traveled for so far, <laughs> it's not happy to be part of. Oh my god! But anyway, wow. Well, we um, have just recorded this um, in a borrowed conference room, and we don't have the video on. But you've promised that I can meet you on mm-hmm. video and have you do a floral design demo oh, before fine. the season's over. So pe- yeah. that's what we should do. I would love it. Have we'll, we'll get we'll get Killing Frost to bring you a special bucket. Oh my! And gosh. you can design all Montana. How yeah, does that sound? That sounds Oh, good. <laughs> I love it. Oh, good. So after people listen to this, we'll we'll uh, add the video component and get the full picture of what's happening at Bitterroot. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so inspired by what you've done in your community, and thank oh, you so gosh. much for sharing your story with us. Thanks. I feel like there's so much more, or you know, I don't yeah. know. I do feel like I'm in kind of a weird place because I'm not a. It is important. The local flowers are so important, and um, 
but I'm also not a farmer florist, yeah, you know, or right. a studio florist. Yeah, or you are a, a flower shop. Yeah, you're a retail florist in a community yeah. that needs you. So it's good to, I guess, I hope other flower shop owners hear this or yeah. are, you know, I don't know, awakened to know that you can you can do this. <laughs> you can get the local flowers. Yeah. But, That's yeah. great. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed Thank this, you. Lindsay. You're amazing. <laughs> you are too. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me today. As October gets underway, this is the first podcast episode of the month featuring visits that highlight our members and the ways they share the Slow Flowers message with their customers and marketplace. Join me each Wednesday for a new live stream video interview you can find on YouTube and on our Slow Flowers Society Facebook page and here on the Slow Flowers podcast for the audio conversation. You can find all the links to subscribe to these channels in today's show notes as well. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms, large and small, and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. As I mentioned last week, October is Slow Flowers Member Appreciation Month. We have lots planned each day of this month to connect with you and others in our community. This Friday, be sure to join our member virtual meetup and hear from two members, retail florists, who will share their marketing and branding tips to leverage the Slow Flowers message to their customers. We've invited Sarah Reyes of Wildflower and Fern based in Oakland, California, and Tony Reale of Roadside Blooms based in North Charleston, South Carolina, to discuss some of the ways they've successfully developed Slow Flowers messaging, marketing, and PR, and consumer education programs that underscore their values about sourcing and sustainability. Bring your questions. I'll have the link to register in today's show notes, and we'll see you this Friday, October 8th, in the Zoom room at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. A final sponsor thank you goes to Mayesh, Wholesale Florist. Family-owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 772,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks to support Slow Flower's ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers show and podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone. 
independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenland. You can learn more about Andrew's work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.